0: Hi there, and welcome to In My Words, Jumo's podcast series that brings the experiences of real patients directly to you. At Jumo, we provide resources for children and families to understand, manage, and own their health. Sign up for free at jumohealth.com.
1: In my words, taking the time to understand my cancer treatment meant for me a clearer mind. It meant less anxiety. It meant more clarification of my situation.
0: Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca, and welcome to our mini-series on lung cancer. We've put together this mini-series, kindly supported by Lung Foundation Australia and sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb, to support people living with lung cancer, their families and their care circle. In this mini-series, we talk about lung cancer treatment, side effects, struggles and mental health, and relationships and support networks. We also talk about support resources that are available to people living with lung cancer. Leading us through each episode is our local
2: Australian colleague, Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, listeners. Today's topic is lung cancer treatment. For this episode, we spoke about immunotherapy and chemotherapy with Dr. Clay, an expert on cancer and its treatment.
3: Hello there, my name's Timothy Clay. I'm a medical oncologist and I work at St John of God Hospital in Subiaco in Western Australia. And I'm also an adjunct associate professor at Edith Cowan University. My therapeutic areas of interest are thoracic cancers, breast cancer, and urogenital cancers.
2: We also had a chat with Valerie, who you heard at the start of this episode about her lung cancer and treatment. To start, Valerie told us a bit about herself and her diagnosis.
1: My name is Valerie Davis. I am 70 years old. I live in Perth, Western Australia. What I love to do is yoga. I love my book club. I love my walking group. My family, my home, that takes up my time. I love love it all.
2: Valerie went on to explain what she went through when she heard her diagnosis.
1: Upon learning of that diagnosis, and I know it the lung cancer is about me, but really I want to also impress that It's not just about me. It was about my husband. It was about my family. We were all involved, emotionally involved. And how I felt, we were just in shock. There's no denial. I was in shock. We were all in shock. Um, We were distressed, not knowing what the future held. There was a myriad of different feelings and emotions that came to the forefront of our lives and our thoughts, that really just left us initially shattered. I think following the diagnosis, I did see the initial oncologist who came up with a prognosis and that was even more distressing. I mean, that just left us totally, well, I suppose we, we were weeping.
2: Even though her diagnosis led to a complete overhaul of life as Valerie knew it and the initial prognosis her oncologist gave her was dim, there was hope for Valerie and her family. That hope came in the form of a new lung cancer treatment being tested in a clinical trial. From the day she met with her initial oncologist to receiving her first treatment, things moved quickly for Valerie.
1: Within 48 hours, we were down there to go on the clinical trial. And then, yes, it happened very quickly after that. So that was in the October 2018 and November the 14th, I remember the date well, I had my first treatment down at the Cancer Centre
3: at Murdoch, Western Australia.
2: Some people, like Valerie, may be offered treatment through a clinical trial.
3: Cancer treatments are improved through the use of clinical trials. In a clinical trial, we're trying to test if a new therapy is safe or if a new therapy is better than our current therapy. If an oncologist offers you a clinical trial, they think that it's because the option of a clinical trial may be the best one for you. Clinical trials are how we improve patient care.
2: We asked Dr Clay what types of treatments are commonly used to treat cancer.
3: So in thinking about lung cancer, there are a number of different ways that we can tackle this problem. When we're treating local tumours, we tend to look at local solutions, so things like surgery, ablation, or ablative radiotherapy. When we've got more advanced cancers, we may use some of these modalities, but then we're really looking at medications and medical treatments for cancer. Historically, lung cancer was treated with chemotherapy and chemotherapy is still a very important part of our therapeutic armamentarium. Over the last decade since I've trained and started practising in cancer, though, the, the landscape of treatments has exploded for thoracic cancers.
2: This explosion in new treatments is made possible thanks to the work done in clinical trials, like the one Valerie was a part of. So how does an oncologist decide which lung cancer treatment
3: to use? In deciding on the types of treatments, the oncologist needs to know what type of cancer you have. For small cell lung cancer and squamous cell lung cancer, immunotherapy is commonly used and often in combination with chemotherapy. In mesothelioma, we're now using chemotherapy or immunotherapy. In lung adenocarcinoma, things are a bit more complicated. The oncologist needs to find out if you have a genetic driver of your cancer. This is a problem that is specific with your cancer, not something that you can pass from parent to child. If the oncologist finds an appropriate genetic driver, like EGFR, ALK or ROS, they will prescribe you a targeted therapy against that problem. If we don't find a specific genetic driver, or if we have a genetic driver that we don't have a pill for, we then have a discussion with you about whether or not you should have immunotherapy, chemotherapy or a combination of them both.
2: Valerie told us about the treatment with two immunotherapies plus chemotherapy she received on the clinical trial.
1: Being on the trial basically put me into a computer situation and the computer spat out that I was going to be on the treatment arm which meant the first two treatments I had immunotherapy and chemotherapy it was a combination. So November and then December, the first two treatments, I had the two therapies. And then January 2019, it was purely immunotherapy and it went on from there, just immunotherapy.
2: We asked Dr. Clay to help us better understand immunotherapy. In setting up his answer, he explained that to understand how immunotherapy works, it's important to first understand the role of the immune system in our body and that our immune system can be thought of as a combination of both a police force and an army in one. It protects us from threats that arise within our own body and threats that arise outside.
3: When we develop a cancer, part of the development of that cancer is the cancer hiding from our immune system or hiding from our own police force. And so when we're using immunotherapy, we're trying to uncover the cancer so that the immune system can see the cancer, can attack the cancer and can try to eliminate the cancer. It's a very clever form of therapy to the extent that two of the people that were involved in working out the beginnings of how to use our immune system against our cancer won the Nobel Prize for their discoveries. Those discoveries were made over 20 years ago, and they're having a massive impact in the clinic for many cancers that we treat today.
2: James Allison and Tasuku Honjo were jointly awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 2018 for their discoveries that led to a new kind of cancer therapy, immunotherapy. Immunotherapy helps the body's own immune system identify and kill cancer cells. It has been, at times, referred to as checkpoint therapy. Immune checkpoints are part of the immune system that act as switches, turning the immune system on or off. Dr. Clay explained to us which immune checkpoints have been the most important in cancer therapy.
3: Medical oncologists in the clinic mostly focus on two immune checkpoints. And the first immune checkpoint that I'm going to talk about is a checkpoint that we call CTLA-4. This checkpoint exists in the immune system to reduce immune responses to stimulus. So to turn off the immune system to stop it from attacking our body once its job is done. This checkpoint was the first one that we understood how to manipulate to treat cancers.
2: CTLA-4 dampens the immune response by blocking T-cell activation.
3: The more common checkpoint that patients will be aware of and their families is an interaction between two markers called PD-1 and pdl one These markers are an interaction between the immune system and our normal tissue. Similarly to CTLA-4, they are designed to shut the immune system down or to turn the immune system down so that you don't get excessive tissue damage from this pathway.
2: So when CTLA-4 and pd one pdl one checkpoints are active and receiving messages, this tells the body that a full-on immune or police response is not or no longer needed.
3: Cancers are quite sneaky and manipulative in that they express the markers shown in this pathway and cause the immune system to get shut down or downregulated so that the immune system is no longer able to eliminate cancer. Because of the success of drugs against these pathways, there is an absolute avalanche of new therapies or new drugs that are coming into this space to manipulate this pathway and treat cancers.
2: When cancer shuts off the immune system, this prevents the immune system from attacking the cancer. Drugs against the CTLA4 and PD1, PDL1 checkpoints are blocking agents or inhibitors that work by jamming the Everything is OK Here message. This has the effect of turning the immune system on, which then helps restore the immune system's ability to fight cancer. When it comes to the different types of cancer treatments, one question that Dr. Clay often gets asked is how chemotherapy and immunotherapy are different.
3: Chemotherapy is designed to damage DNA. It's designed to damage cancer DNA in a way that cancer cells can't recover from. Immunotherapy is not designed to attack the cancer directly. What it is designed to do is to reinvigorate an exhausted immune system and to allow the immune system to do the work of attacking the cancer instead.
2: Sometimes cancer treatments are given in combination.
3: In cancer medicine, when we discover that one treatment is successful, we often try to find ways of combining that treatment with another treatment that we know that's successful. Something that has been used in melanoma and in kidney cancer is the combination of putting a PD-1 blocking agent with a CTLA-4 inhibitor. In lung cancer, we have evidence that this combination can either be used on its own or with chemotherapy. There are some synergies when you work against two different parts of the immune pathway, which is why the oncologist may discuss this as an option for you.
2: To help her cope with her cancer diagnosis, one thing Valerie did was learn what she could about her treatment. Valerie's doctor was a helpful resource for her.
1: My doctor explained to me basically how, how the trial was going to work, how the treatments would work. Um, I received a lot of information in the booklet form. It was a challenge for Valerie to take everything in. Initially, it took me a while. i Look, maybe I had my head in the sand for a bit. Coming to full acceptance of the situation took me a while. I couldn't even say the word cancer for some time. Understanding your
2: cancer and its treatment while also coming to terms with a difficult diagnosis can take time, and that's okay. Valerie found a way through it that worked for her.
1: First of all, I started to write about it. That helped me a bit, but my doctor basically led me down a very gentle path. He gave me the information that I needed at that time, at each step. I was not bombarded with information, which I greatly appreciated. I mean, the whole situation was so overwhelming. I read the information he gave me, uh, took in what I needed to take in, but a lot of it sort of washed over me, I must admit. It was only Probably at at different times I would take out that booklet and read it and um gain a little bit more understanding. For an experience that was um when I look back was obviously very negative. I just decided, in the midst of adversity, to learn whatever I could about it and change it.
2: It can be tempting to search Google to piece together bits of information about your lung cancer.
1: I probably sneaked a couple of looks, but it was It was very frightening. I found it quite intimidating.
2: So Valerie instead decided a better approach was to write down her questions and ask her doctor.
1: Every time we went to see him, I had my questions written out, ready to ask him. He answered them and that was all I needed at the time. I didn't want any other information.
2: For people struggling to understand their lung cancer diagnosis and treatment, Dr Clay had some advice to share.
3: It can be very confusing for a patient to enter the world of of a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment. Your oncologist is a specialist who has spent many years in initial and ongoing training to understand cancer, its treatments and its side effects. It's the job of your oncologist to discuss with you how your treatments will work and what the expectations of treatment are. If it's still confusing for you, there are many people who can help you understand. Your local cancer centre is likely to have nurse specialists who can spend time with you in giving a simplified explanation to help you understand the concepts. You can also reach out to services like the Lung Foundation Australia who have telephone nurses available for you to reach to to ask for further information. When you're talking about cancer, there are no silly questions. If you're asking a question, it's very likely that someone's had the same question before you.
2: Valerie fondly remembers the two trial nurses assigned to her and how supportive they were.
1: They were a great source of information. So I saw them obviously before I started treatment and then I always will remember the very first day of treatment. The clinical trial nurses were there and they were very gentle in their approach to me. I, my husband, I think my daughter was there, my son, we went into a separate little room where every step of the process was explained to me very carefully. The nurses actually at the nursing station at the cancer centre, I had their number. I had a night and day number. I remember having to ring, especially after the second treatment when I was quite unwell, and just being guided through, okay, well, you need to get this and this and this, and this is where you'll get it. There was no hesitation. They were absolutely 100% supportive, compassionate.
2: With everything that Valerie has learned about her lung cancer treatment, she has found it all very helpful.
1: Yes, it was. It helped clarify the whole situation it helped to settle me. And then when I say it helped to settle me, it then had that ripple effect which goes through the whole family. I was reassured. I felt very safe. The environment was a very safe environment. It was a very welcoming environment. And from that point, I think I gained more and more positivity, I guess, and more strength from knowing what I knew To cope with her
2: lung cancer, Valerie has learned as much as she could about her cancer and its treatment. She's written about it and has been open to and appreciative of support from others. There is one more coping mechanism Valerie has relied on.
1: I find things that I'm grateful for during the day and that's the way I I just cope with it. There is so much to be thankful for.
2: If you or a loved one is looking for support, Lung Foundation Australia offers information and support services to all Australians living with a lung cancer, their families, and carers. To find out how Lung Foundation Australia can support you, visit their website or call 1-800-654-301. We thank Valerie Davis and Dr. Timothy Clay for being on today's podcast. As Valerie described... Being diagnosed with lung cancer can upset your world and throw you into a completely overwhelming reality. While this reality will present new challenges, learning about cancer and its treatment is one way that may help a person cope with their diagnosis, as it did for Valerie. And there is hope. Lung cancer treatments today are the best they've ever been and are continuously getting better through research and medical advances. In the next episode, where we'll talk about treatment, side effects with Valerie and Dr. Clay, you will hear about Valerie's positive response to her treatment. See you next time. This episode was created using excerpts from our interviews with Valerie Davis and Dr. Timothy Clay. This episode has been kindly supported by Lung Foundation Australia and sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb.
0: Thanks for listening. Interested in hearing something special or want us to help share your story? Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. The health information contained in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace discussions with a healthcare provider. In My Words is produced in New York City and distributed worldwide. In My Words, a Jumo production.